0: There is uh, I think it's Barna, I think they're the research people, the people that put out all the statistics. They're saying now that there's more Christian homes that are divorcing than secular or, or non-believing homes. And I think, you, I think you need to kind of know what all works into that. Uh, what do they consider a Christian? And then even, even based upon that, when, when did you become a Christian based upon the divorce. So there's, I think there's some moving factors that need to be considered. But nonetheless, people that name the name of Christ, they say that there's a greater divorce rate. I think, um, I think, we, I think we're on the, on the tip of a problem here within the church because we're receiving people that are married multiple times, and in many cases, we're not dealing with how to do this right, and all they get is, is, is ugly slurs about their second and third wives or second and third husbands. And I think we're leaving them almost hopeless. And now there's a, now I don't mean go liberal and uh, start ordaining men that have been, and I don't know what all the view is all up here. I don't even know if I just opened up a can of worms or not, but whatever. So I I don't mean just drop everything, but but in some way we better show these people that uh, they're not washed up, God's not done with them. We better do something with this. And I tell you the best place to start, I think is with the ones that ain't even got married yet. I think. I don't mean just not deal with the ones that are, that are struggling in their marriages, but I mean start with the ones that are looking to get married. That's what I'm going to do today. I just committed in my heart. I was compelled to do it. So there's a few here that ain't married or you don't look married, and I'm going to preach to you today, okay? All right, Titus chapter 2. God's given some old, stick-in-the-mud, old-fogey, old-fashioned, unpopular blessed, precious instruction for us. And I think there's some things we need to take away from it. So Titus 2, let's start in verse 1. You see the word sound doctrine, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. There's sound doctrine in verse 9. There's sound faith in verse 13. and We're back to sound doctrine. You want sound faith? You got to have sound doctrine. There's no way around this. (laughs) There's no way around this. That the aged men, this is sound doctrine, some, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in the faith, and charity, and patience. That the aged age women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. nor uh, Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands. There's so much to unpack here. To love their children. And to the young men, this is what you're looking for uh, in a wife. This is what you're looking for. If uh, If you marry because of looks, even if she remains the same outwardly for decades upon decades, if you forget about virtue, if you ignore the excellence of morality, that being virtuous, you will develop a hatred for her no matter how good she looks. So let's talk about virtuous, being virtuous today. some uh, Verse 5, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. This is interesting to me, that God had to instruct us to teach our young ladies to be good. Be good. And it's in, in opposition to evil or bad. Obedient to their own husbands. I want to let that one settle in there for a minute. I was going to make a joke and say I'm preaching on obedience today and to preaching to the women, but... I kind of shied away from that one too. And look what happens if you reject these things. Don't seem like a big deal to you? Look what happens. That the word of God be not blasphemed. That's what ends up happening. Especially in the world's eyes. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Look how short the young men are in the the early introduction to our task. That's where I'm going to start. You can be seated. Uh, do you see where it talks about tells the young men to be sober minded? Of all the things for the scripture to begin with here in, in telling the young men, we are to exhort young men to be sober minded. And, it, and it, overall, the, the, the I think the best definition I can find of this is to have complete control over your thinking, to have complete control over your thinking. It'll keep you out of fist fights. It'll keep you from going places that you shouldn't go. It'll, keep you, uh, it'll get you to go into places you should go. It'll help you on Wednesday when you're contemplating, kind of easing out a prayer meeting. It'll help you in faithfulness to your wife. It will help you to avoid sins that plague uh, men. It will help you in every area of life. It'll help you in your Bible study. It'll help you in your prayer time. It will help you during church, being sober-minded. Sober-mindedness will uh, tower over uh, being run by your emotions, and it will cause you to make a legitimate, meaningful, lasting decision after you hear the Word of God preached by your pastor. This, this sober-mindedness. Now, let's, let's, let's take a minute, if I could, and consider sober-mindedness to those that are unmarried, uh, primarily the young men. None of y'all are married, right? primarily to the, to the unmarried. Y'all want to get married, right? That's good. Are any of y'all married? No, okay. Y'all went, nobody was answering. Y'all was just kind of staring at me. I was thinking, y'all got a wife and you won't claim her. I didn't know, I didn't know what the deal was here. Y'all want to get married, right? You want, a, you want a lady to love? You want a lady to tell you what to do? No, I'm kidding. You, you, want, a, you want a wife. And, and there's a natural desire in you that, that God has put in you. And mark this down, this ain't, this ain't just running rabbits, but you mark this down, the transgenders and those that are swinging both ways, they're not confused, they're in rebellion. Many of which are reprobates, I'm not saying all of them are, many of which are reprobates in, in constant uh, rebellion against the truth of God. Having known God, they glorify him not as God. Many of them are not confused, they are in rebellion. And you, you're gonna wanna marry a woman to the young ladies here, You're going to want to marry a young man. But what kind? What kind? Because we have to make this choice every time we eat food. We have to make this choice every time we select a church. We have to make this choice when we get a vehicle. We have to make this choice when we get dressed. What kind? What kind? So I want to read in Proverbs 31 uh, just about a godly woman. A virtuous woman, and this is where I intend to just just take some time so I could have done I had two options today. I had the choice of hiding in the bathroom and cramming some more on this message, or just giving you the i 'm in my first phase of this message i 'm in the observation phase of this message, so I had to choose do i do I go to the bathroom and miss Brother Jody preaching, or do i do I just give him the introduction so this is the introduction uh, to a message, basically an overview of what what I have taken, began to pull out, extract from Proverbs uh, 31 on this virtuous woman. Remember this about virtuous, uh, a virtuous woman. <clears throat> it's a woman of moral excellence. So when you hear virtuous, um, if your mind goes to virginity, uh, I think that is a part of it. But it is not. it is not all of it. It is not all of it. Purity. Uh, Mental and physical purity is definitely part of it, but it is not all of it. You will see here her view and perspective of God, her view of her home, the first institution of God, her view of her husband. You will see that it is even her goal at the very least or the effect of her life that her husband is praised among others, in, in some ways, she has contributed to this. You find a woman that is not cheering on the success of her husband, you got a problem in a home. you got a problem in a home. So, young man, if you find a young lady that is gorgeous, but she doesn't support you, and when I say support, I mean in, in many senses, even help hold you up and encourage you. You find a young lady that is gorgeous, but doesn't support you, you're going to have an enemy in your own home. And same to the young lady. You find a head that doesn't consider you, doesn't love you, isn't sober-minded, you've got an enemy in your own home. So this, this Proverbs 31, the, the, the whole chapter is, is a text in, in many cases, it starts in verse number 10 with the question, who can find a virtuous woman? I think there's, there, there's an exhortation given before this, though. Verse 1, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What, my son, and yet further. And what, the son of my womb, and yet further. Now we're looking at the commitment, most likely the religious commitment of the woman. And what, the son of my vows. Motherhood most certainly involves religion, most certainly involves commitment. So there's, a, there's an exhortation given in verse number three, and this is primarily to the young men. Now, I, I probably will preach more over the next few minutes to you guys, and maybe there's some more in here. Y'all got a little while? They still got bugs, I know, but girls still got bugs and all, but, but one day they'll lose all their bugs, you know, so... But primarily to y'all, and and what I hope the young ladies can see is what you want to be. What you want to be. Let me ask that quickly to every unmarried young lady: What do you want to be as a woman, and a wife, and a mother? What do you want to be? Because you can be flashy and be ugly. You can be in the glamour and, and be very unattractive. What do you want to be? And I want to encourage you to look for what every Christian young lady should want to be. Don't be fooled. We're going to read these, this exhortation from verse 10 all the way down to about verse number 30, then he starts talking about her looks. Y'all in Proverbs 31? Um, Young preacher, will you read verse 30 out loud? So when we begin to, to receive instruction or exhortation about her looks, we get the warning that says, don't be deceived. Now, there ought to be natural attraction. There ought to be. But there is a difference in the romance of the Song of Solomon and the sensuality of the strange woman and the adulterer. There is a difference. There is a difference. The man is commanded to enjoy those fountains at home the marriage, uh, marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. That a uh, man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. That he can rejoice with the wife of his youth. And there is, there is intimacy. There is, there is a closeness that's given. But sensuality and, and the intimacy ordained of God for marriage are not the same thing. And pornography and carnal preachers in this world has mixed the two with their perverted jokes, and they're not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. What God will give you in marriage is not the same as what the world portrays it as. It is not the same. So verse 3, here's an exhortation to young men. Give not thy strength unto women. Well, first of all, it's plural. So you can assume... You know, assessing the situation up front, God God's will for you is to be a one woman man. Now we we're battling, we're battling problems with 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 the marriage of preachers. It's happening across the country. Do you know? Do you know that's not where we should start this battle? Is to find out if we can ordain these men. What we should do is teach our young men to be one a one woman man a one-woman man, to teach them that a, that a secular income is, is, and providing a secular income for his one woman is as much part of his faith as going to church. I'd run before I take it back. Providing for his family is as much a part of his faith as going to church. Teaching a young man that you have a responsibility to her As Christ bowed to his disciples and served their feet or washed their feet, we serve our own wives, not a bunch of women. Give not thy strength, your middle strength, your emotional strength, that that strength of your your soul, and then even your physical strength. He's saying, don't give your life to women. It's, It's interesting. This Proverbs, the book of rules, it's interesting who's talking here, or, or it's interesting who has been, because I look back in this lineage and I think about, I think about Solomon, most of the book of Proverbs, I think about his dad, and I think, I, I can just imagine if you sat down with them, and Solomon says, I had a thousand, and David says, I've got my regrets too. God's will is for you to be a one woman man. And the same for the young ladies. Find a man, marry him, and love him. And then there's a a digression here. Nor the ways, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. when When it brings you to the highest office in the land, it's saying to us, you're no exception. Don't give your strength unto women, your life, and don't Give your ways to that which is destroying the highest office in the land. If it takes down the king, it's going to take us down. And now in verse 10. Now this is observation phase. This is the first part of of me preparing for this sermon. Uh, But quickly, just so I can actually keep my word in Titus 2, uh, it starts giving this list of things that the age women teach the younger women, that the men teach the younger men, and they're so fitting, they're so on point. Essentially, the effeminate boys of the day would have to change based on Titus 2. It's not to say that they'd have to get a job in the logging woods. That's, 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 in no way is it saying anything about becoming brutish. Not in the least. Um, masculinity is not being brutish. In fact, the traits of masculinity are laid out perfectly in Titus 2. It's not mean, it's not ugly, it's not proud, it's not cocky, it's not big-chested. The same men that, that brag about manhood that can't even control their temper and try to preach. You know what bless our homes? I, maybe I'm rambling here, but to every married man, you know what would be a blessing in our home? If every man could always control his temper. Wouldn't it be a blessing? Our wives would stand six foot taller. Self control, sober mindedness will bless your home, and so it is with the ladies. When it talks about being good keepers at the home, uh, raising your children, obedient to your husbands, these are things that uh, every sitcom is going to lead you away from that. Our world is going to lead you away from that. So, he begins. This exhortation this prophecy from his mama that he was taught he begins telling us in verse 10 who can find a virtuous woman the first thing that a young man should look for is a girl with some virtue if you're anything like a normal how how old are you two in the middle 16 okay so I'm you look normal so I'm assuming you're normal you've probably observed that there are females here right it happens and And, you know, when you get in your teen years, almost, I hate to put it this way, but almost all of them are pretty. Is that about right? I know it is. And there's going to be one one day that that will possess a different type of beauty in your heart and in your mind because of how she is. Because of how she is. In fact, and the day will come in your marriage that you will believe that there ain't no way nobody else would put up with me. I promise you it'll happen. Or you're just really proud. So what you're looking for in a woman is a woman with virtue. Virtue is value. Virtue is rare, virtue is precious, but virtue is where it's at. Who can find one, though, is the question. In fact, the question proposes this statement, this is what to look for, who can find. It's not saying you're not looking for it, you're looking for it. In fact, after, even after you're married, this is what you want to cultivate in your wives, is virtue, moral excellence. So virtue, who can find a virtuous woman. And then he, then he talks about her worth. For her, price is far above rubies. If, if any of you young men, do any of you young men have a, have a special someone that's kind of in your sights, whether even if she knows it or doesn't know it? Anyone? Okay. Two? All right. Does she know about it? Okay. One of them says yes. The other one says no. I get it. I, if this will help you out any, what I did with my wife now in 2007 was I didn't want her to tell me no. So I sent my buddy to check with her in the parking lot of the school and see if she was interested, and I watched through the windows of the vehicles. So if that helped you any, that's a good, it, it worked well. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this about, about your special young lady. What is it that draws you to her? What is it that draws you to her? What is it about her that, that keeps your attention, that keeps your mind on her? It has to be more. If you say she is she is gorgeous, that's fabulous. Because you you really, I mean, you don't want to ever tell her that she ain't. Okay? Trust me. No, I'm just kidding. So, but you need more than you need something about this young lady that goes beyond that which is deceitful, that which is vain, that which fades. In fact, in in the world of virtuousness, it gets better. They get more, more beautiful. I mean it. They get more beautiful. How does this work? So virtue is moral excellence. And now it tells you about the value of moral excellence. Say, okay, moral excellence is good. You know, I, I definitely don't want one that's unfaithful. That's that's given. That's a given. What about, though, one that's dishonest? What about one that is a wife that is lazy? And I'm saying to our young ladies, you don't want to be this. And if you're thinking, if you're thinking the slightest bit that if I set this standard that the Bible gives me, I'll never get one. That's not true either. That's not true either. Because she that may not even know about you has probably felt the same thing. I'll never find one. If I keep this high standard, that's why it's important for you to live it. That's why it's important for you to live it. Her price, it tells you the value of this virtuous woman. It's far above rubies in the oriental world. That's what you wanted to be seen on you if you wanted to draw attention. And he's saying it's better than that. It's better than that. So then in verse number 11, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. I I, I don't know how much this means to you now, but my wife is six hours away from me. I have no fears. I mean, other than some boogeyman breaking in my house that doesn't exist without me there. I can trust my wife. Now, I've worked with men, and I have pastored men that could not. You do not understand yet how important it is to find a young lady that is living a life now that says to you without her saying a word, I can be trusted. You want that, you need that, and you need to provide that. And it's the same on both sides. We need to be trustworthy. Now, in the same verse, though, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She is going to bring to the table that which she is supposed to. It is so important that our unmarried learn what it is to be married that it's it's not about the the wedding as as, as much as the marriage, and that we understand that when we when we enter into a holy covenant this this sanctified God-ordained institution, when we get into this, that it's not just get in and let yourself go and do what you want. It is not. When the scripture in 1 Corinthians talks about the married, it talks about one having power over the other's body. And 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 it gives it both ways, that even the wife has power over the husband's body. How can this be? Because in marriage, when you've selected someone that has lived in the fear of God and in holiness, and you choose them as a spouse, you give yourself to them. In fact, the word is own. Wives, be obedient to your own husbands. It's the word we use for owner. Owner. So, the heart of her husband can trust in her. Verse number 12, she will do him good and not evil. Ma'am, to the unmarried, this is what you want to do for your husband. You want to do him good and not evil. I'm amazed at the two kind of pinnacle points that are given to husbands and wives. One is to the wives to be obedient to the husbands. And the, the other is for the husbands to love their wives. I think it's Colossians, though, that says be not bitter against them. I can only, I can only, you know, make assessments from here that it seems that it was a man's natural inclination to hold on to things against his wife. You want to look for a young lady that's going to do you good, and when you feel like she hasn't, you forgive her, as Christ does the church. So this woman, she does her husband good and not evil all the days of her life. It sounds like she's committed to her husband. Then in verses, and there's no way to look at these, 13 through 22, I would simply edit it with this. She's not lazy. She is not lazy. And I want to encourage the unmarried ladies the day comes and you get married and you lose the, the the parental accountability at home the you're going to sleep late enough the sun's going to rot your teeth the you can't sleep your life away the get up out of bed right now you're going to lose that and it's going to be up to you to pick a time to get up I want to encourage you to make the most of every day in your home you read this passage she is a busy lady she is doing things on behalf of her husband on behalf of her children. On behalf of her own self, or her she takes care of her own self. I think, I think there's a, a lot of lesson to be drawn here about wives taking care of their own selves. You become a doormat. My wife, we, we talk about this all the time. You become uh, a servant. That's what I meant by doormat. You become a servant to everyone around you, and you'll, you'll, you'll let yourself go even in here where you don't even take care of yourself anymore. And don't do that. You find a man that's gonna take care of you, that listens and considers. And I think there'll be great joy in all this busyness in your home. She's buying fields. I'm not gonna read them. There's, there's just no way. Let's let's look. Let's let's just stay with me, okay? Look in verse 13. She seeketh. Look in verse 14. She is like. Verse 15. She riseth. Verse 16, she considereth. Verse 17, she girdeth. 18, she perceiveth. 19, she layeth. 20, she stretcheth. Twenty-one. She is not afraid. Twenty-two. She making herself coverings. She's busy. So I want to encourage you to be busy. I, I helped a friend of mine put an air conditioning unit in a trailer the other day, <clears throat> and I uh, walked into the, the house. We're doing our thing, and it's like ten o'clock in in the day. You know, as times went on, we've we've done a lot of work already, and. uh let me back up. Around 8 o'clock, we walked in, and the, the, the home, the renter was there. She was, she was there alone. Me and him walked in. She's, she's laying there, and she's on her phone. 10 o'clock rolls around. She's still laying there on her phone. 10 o'clock, two, two hours. And before you judge her too hard, I mean, just check your screen time on your Facebook app. But I'll tell you something, if that becomes a habit in your life, You figure two hours a day on five days a week, you've just wasted a 40-hour work week every month. You've wasted 12 weeks in a year in your home. Be busy. Find something and be busy about it. Uh, Not to get into the science of this, but I cannot tell you how healthy it is to even have a hobby. And obviously it doesn't come for your family, but I cannot tell you how healthy it is for you to find something and and have a vision and, and accomplish that vision on behalf of your family, it's part of your faith. As much as it is a man providing for his house, a woman providing her part is as much. So let's, 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 let's do this. If you're probably, you're probably hungry or tired or something. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Verse 24, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Verse 25, this is, this is awesome. Look at this, strength and honor, strength and honor. Are her clothing. This is, this is amazing to me. Strength is the glory of the young, not the old. Honor is the glory of the old. If she stays with her business, her pursuit in her home, she will have the glory of both youth, youth and old age. And I don't know if this applies well, but uh, I think it's true. Uh, you chase some babies around and be faithful to it, it'll keep you young. <laughs> I've seen that happen at our house. But strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. This is saying that her decisions to serve in her home are going to affect her future. She shall rejoice in time to come. Now, while the world will mock you for giving yourself to your family, give it just a little bit of time. And you you can have a glorious, we're not even there yet, we're not there yet. But I'm trusting God that we can watch our children one by one, one by one, leave the coop with their eyes on Jesus Christ, and we can rejoice in time to come. But it's going to take some work at home. And that work don't start at the wedding day, y'all. That work starts today, choosing in your heart. If you find a girl, and this happened in my life, if you find a girl that you're head over heels about, and she doesn't match what the Scripture says, you need to stop it today. Stop it today. And it is terribly hard. Terribly hard. But now I see providence. Now I see God's unseen hand. Now I see my home. I seen a young lady that, I, I call it, it was it wasn't biblical courting, but I was with her for four years before Kristen. I seen her the other day. And, and when I, when after that, that, that moment, I said to myself, God, thank you so much. I, I, don't know, I don't know what people's thinking. I'm saying thank you so much, so much for how you've guided my life, and you've blessed, and you've given me the wife of my youth. And I can trust in her, and she serves in our home, and she is virtuous. And she would say she has a long way to go. And in my heart, I almost feel like she's already arrived. I love who God has given me. But I was so close. I look back, and I feel like I was on the edge of a mountain as far as decisions go. I talked to my pastor about it. And he was very clear, very blunt. He said, I don't think this is good. This ain't good. And I'm so glad for it. So anyway, strength and honor, her clothing. That's what you're looking for in a woman. If she don't wear no clothes, you know she ain't got no strength and honor. <laughs> Verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom. Good grief, what a message right there. When she opens her mouth, she provides wisdom. Wisdom is, is basically actions with God, while foolishness is action without God. And so this woman, when she opens her mouth, she tells you what to do based on what God said. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of meanness. No. Kindness. A quick plug for my brothers here to the wives. Y'all don't be mean to your husbands. Be kind to him. You say, "Well, if you's married to him, I probably would be too." But I ain't married to him. You got to be kind to him, and that's what makes the home go round. Law of kindness, verse twenty-seven. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Not everybody else's. Her own house. And eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her children are bragging on her. Amen. Her husband also. It ain't just them. This is the the choir at home uh, worshiping, praising the one that has given their life to serve them. Don't you want to be that? I tell you what our ladies in our culture are looking for. Truth always transcends culture. They're looking to be praised. And they can't find it in in sexual gratification. And they can't find it in a bunch of friends. And they can't find it in a brand new vehicle. And they can't find it in a big house. It never lasts. But I tell you what will is when that choir at home strikes and starts thanking mama for serving God and dad kicks in and thanks mama for serving God. You can have this, but you got to start today. You got to start today. Her children arise up, call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. She's just walking through the halls of her house. Her kids are bragging, her husband's bragging. There's a point to be made here, and you should make it a point. Once you're married to her, to brag on her. Verse 29, many daughters have done virtuously. Oh, I like this, but thou excellest them all. That's the way you ought to feel about your wife. And to the man, that is what you're going to contribute to in encouragement and leadership and instruction. That's what you're going to contribute to, that she would excel them all. Verse 30 favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. The very thing that the pornography industry thrives on. God says it's vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman with a fear of God. If you got a special young lady, I encourage you to ask her, Do you fear God? Don't be a Pharisee about it, and don't be ugly, and don't expect a big theological, you know, seminary level answer. But ask her, Do you fear God? You need that. You need that now because you're going to need that in your home. You're going to need to know when you're working and she's raising y'all's children that there's a fear of God in your home. And this woman that fears God, she'll be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. To the, to the young ladies, this is my, my first observ- trip on observation through Proverbs 31 those from Calvary, you've got to hear this again soon once I work on it. But to the young ladies, if you'll do it God's way, you'll get to enjoy the work of your labor, the fruit of your labor. You get to enjoy it. But it takes making choices now. And I want to encourage you, unmarried, choose Choose today to serve God and expect your special someone to serve Him. And once you're together, see to it that they do. Because this virtuous woman will excel them all. Don't be tricked by beauty. And find someone that fears God. And you will be able to drive to work before the sun rises up some mornings. Content. Even ready to go back to that home you just left. I used to work with men. I'd get to work like eight minutes early at best. I didn't want to sit there with them guys. But they'd get there an hour and a half early. They'd stay an hour and a half after. They'd rather hang out with guys than their own wife and their children. Lord knows that ain't never been God's will old man told me this I guess I'm I'm done he told me said uh, he said I can tell you how to make your marriage work he said love your wife he said get up and go to work and when works over he said go back home to her and I tell you there's a lot of truth to that there's a lot of truth to that your home's gonna need you and your home don't need you just to step up to the plate when you get married they need you today to pray about these things and consider them in your heart and same with you girls today